Hello, and welcome to another episode of Time Out with Rita. Today's episode is all about apples. Now, why apples? Because autumn in Wisconsin is all about apples. There are apples on our trees, apples in our kitchens, apples in our party rooms, apples in our classrooms, and even apples in our language. Also, in today's first November episode, we'll talk a bit about a few important historical events that have happened in November and merit acknowledgement and remembrance. In Wisconsin, we love our apples. In fact, one of our favorite fall activities is apple picking in one of the many local apple orchards. Then what do we do with all those apples? Well, we go home and start baking. Apple pies, apple crisp, apple cobbler, apple cooking, apple muffins, you name it. If it has apples in it, we love it. But what else do we do with our apples? Well, children take them to their teachers to show their appreciation. We bob for apples at our autumn parties, especially our Halloween or birthday parties. And nothing beats going into the house on a chilly afternoon after raking leaves and sitting down and having a cup of hot apple cider. Except for maybe, hmm, did I mention caramel apples? Apples on a stick dipped in chewy, gooey, hot caramel and covered with peanuts. Mm Mmm, we do love our apples. So, I thought that today's podcast should focus on apples, one of Wisconsin's favorite foods all year round, but especially in autumn. Apples permeate our autumn cuisine. And because apples are so important to our culture, as a reflection of our culture, we also have many apple expressions or idioms in our language. My friend Lisa Fabian Albert is an ESL instructor at the Milwaukee Area Technical College and one smart apple who is going to talk with us today about some of the ways we use the word apple in our language. So I hope you'll stay tuned. We'll be right back. Time Out with Rita is brought to you by Act Two Educational Consultants, a consortium of professionals from across the USA offering their skills, experience, and expertise to help you reach your teaching and learning goals. Hi, Rita. How are you doing? I am fine today. How about you? Good. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Hey, Lisa, I have a riddle for you. But if you know the answer, I promise you won't say it because I want to see how many people will be able to guess the answer by the end of the podcast. Okay? Okay. All right. Here goes. All right. A doctor and a truck driver are both in love with the same woman, an attractive young woman named Laura. The driver had to go on a cross-country trip that would last a week. 
But before he left, he gave Laura seven apples. Now, why? Why would he give Laura seven apples? So, if you know, don't say Lisa, but if the if the listeners know, uh, they'll be con- the answer will be confirmed or or not at the end of this podcast. So be sure to keep listening. Okay. Yep. Good. All right. Do you think you know the answer, Lisa? I have an idea. No. Okay. All right. Well, don't tell. Mom's a word. All right, Lisa, this podcast is all about apples. Do you like apples? I love apples. Do you? Do you have a favorite way to eat them? Well, I probably eat an apple every day, so I like them raw. But, of course, I like them baked in lots of different things, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they are scrumptious. Do you ever go to pick apples? Do you go apple picking? Every year I go apple picking. That's one of our family traditions. Wow. Can you tell us a little about it? Sure. We go to a farm that's maybe half an hour away from our house. And you go there, you drive up, and you decide if you want to pick a big bag. I don't know if a big bag might be a bushel. I'm not quite sure. Or a small bag. We usually get two bags. And we go to the trees. The trees are marked. You could get maybe honey crisp apples or gala apples or red delicious, yellow uh-huh. delicious, lots of different kinds of apples. All at the same orchard. Yep. Wow, neat. Okay. And then we and just that- fill up the bags. Sometimes they have ladders there too in case you can't reach the apples. So you climb the ladder okay. and then you fill up your bag. Oh, I wondered if you had to climb the trees. <laughs> Some people do, but <laughs> I don't. Limit, that would limit my picking, yes. I think. <laughs> okay. All right. So then do they weigh the, the bags or is it just by volume? It's by volume. When we leave, they'll say, okay, the big bag that costs, I can't remember the prices, but yeah. whatever. And then you pay when you leave. And then they also have usually a stand where you can buy caramel apples and apple cider and apple donuts so it's lots of fun and delicious too oh it sounds like it it sounds like it i i did it when i was a child i haven't done it since and i think maybe maybe i'd like to do it next fall it's too late to do it this fall right i don't know i was at an apple orchard a week ago just to buy some apples Uh and there were people there that were going out into the fields I think the fields probably are all picked, but it depends on the farmer. Uh, on the what? On the farmer, you know, if how much oh. the farmer has sold, if there's still some on the trees. Although, actually, I think we have had a frost already, so it's probably too late now. Uh, yeah, this morning there was a frost on the grass. So I don't know that it was a killing frost yet. Yeah. But yeah, we have had some frost. Oh, okay. Well, sounds sounds delicious. Not red delicious, not green delicious, but just delicious. <laughs> Lisa, you know, people, I, I, I mentioned in the interview, or not the interview, I'm sorry. I mentioned in the introduction that we have references to apples in our language. And we know that people who've learned English Um, know that English is rich with idioms, but that idioms can be very confusing. Do you know of any apple idioms 
Are there any that you use or that you hear frequently? Yes, there are lots of apple idioms. I eat an apple every day, which my husband always thinks I'm crazy for doing. But I'll, he'll look at me and he will say, another apple, Lisa? And I'll say, well, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So that's an idiom I use all the time. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a very popular one. Mm-hmm. And do you think it works? That, uh, well, I think so. There's a lot of fiber in apples, so I do think they're healthy for you. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's another one? Um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I've used that a lot. What does that mean? Well, my husband works in IT, which is computers. My son works in IT also. So when people find that out, they say, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, which means that my husband would be the tree and the apple would be his son. So his son is doing the same thing that he is doing. So they share similar similar backgrounds or similar ideas yeah similar interests there we go yeah they're they're similar the the apple is similar to the tree that it fell from right right yeah that's a good one that's a good one and you have two daughters i do did they fall far from your tree (laughs) (laughs) they're not teachers so i guess they 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 fell but my um Two of my sisters are nurses, and both my daughters are nurses. So oh, there you go. They fell from the tree, just not my branch. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. That's a good one. Okay. How about another one? Are there any other ones? Uh, yeah, a bad apple. Uh oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, no, a bad apple is maybe somebody who is a bad person. You might just say, well. He's a bad apple. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that one. Okay. I've heard that one too. I may have even used it. (laughs) Okay. Or a rotten apple spoils the bunch. What does that mean? Well, if you put a rotten apple in a bag with apples, it can spoil all the other apples. They can become rotten too. So if you have... Let's think about a classroom with children. If you have a naughty child in the classroom, maybe the naughty child will encourage some of the other children to be naughty also. So that's kind of saying a rotten apple spoils the bunch. So yeah, Yeah, it makes the other apples problematic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, these are good ones. I'm trying to think if I could, can you think of any more or is that about it? Um, how about, how do you like them apples? Oh, okay. How do you like them apples? It's not necessarily grammatically correct, is it? No, but, no. But when would you use that one? Huh, that's hard for me to explain. I'm trying to think. Well, if I, if I tell you something, let's say you and I are... You and I are are discussing something and it seems like your argument is stronger than mine Mm -hmm. and or your points are stronger than mine and I come up with something that I think is going to win the argument 
and I say to you, so Lisa, how do you like them apples? That would work. Yeah, right? that's perfect. That's a good example. Yeah, how do you like them apples? It's sort of a sarcastic phrase saying, I've, I've, I've won. I've beat you with this last point. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, that's a good yep. one. That's a good one. All right, and I think there is one more that I think I used to refer to you in the introduction. I said, Lisa was one smart apple. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's the opposite of the rotten one. That's the, that's the best, the one that um, beats all the rest. That is, that is super good. So Lisa is one smart apple. Lisa, and I think, I think that's really helpful for our students to understand some of these idioms, because even if you speak English, sometimes the way that these words are put together just doesn't seem to make any sense. So I appreciate you going over these with our listener. Now I have a few questions for you based on what you just heard. Number one, what apple activity is one of Lisa's family traditions? Number two, at the orchard where Lisa picks apples, do customers pay by weight? In other words, how many pounds of apples they pick? Or by volume, how many bags of apples they pick? So, by weight or by volume? Number three. What does an apple a day keeps the doctor away mean? A, doctors don't like apples. B, apples keep us healthy. Or C, if you throw enough apples at doctors, they won't go to your house. Number four. This is another multiple choice question. What does this mean? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Does it mean A, the apple is similar to the tree it falls from? B, apples only fall close to the tree, not far from it? Or C, a child is similar to his mother or father or both in some way. Pick the best answer. The answers to these questions will be at the end of our podcast. lived in different parts of the United States and you've even lived in some other countries. You've lived in Texas, Wisconsin. Are there any other states that you lived in? Yes, I lived in New York too. Ah, New York. And then I know you lived for a little while in Poland. 
and you lived for a little while in in Panama. Mm-hmm. How about how about apples in all those places? Are they revered or are they appreciated as much as they are here in Wisconsin? Do you think? In New York, yes. In Texas, not as much. But maybe that's because in where I lived in Texas, they grew a lot of oranges and grapefruit. So maybe they're more interested in the fruit that they grow themselves there. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Was... And in Panama, no, you didn't see apples very much. But again, I think that's because they focused on the fruit that they had, like mangoes right. and papayas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure, and we have we have so many apples up here that I remember as a little girl. Sometimes that apples and oranges were the only fruit, and bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the only fruit that we really got during the winter months. Exactly for me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, being so popular up here, I know when I was a little girl, we used to hear about. I, I always thought he was just a character, but apparently it was a man that was called Johnny Appleseed. And of course, Johnny Appleseed must have had something to do with apples because of his name. And so, have you heard of Johnny Appleseed, Lisa? I have. Okay. Well, how about if we tell our listeners a little bit about this historical character who really... I think is as much legend as history, but but he was in fact a real person. I found I found something by owlcation.com and I thought it might be good for us to kind of go over their information with our listeners. You up for it? I certainly am. All right. Well, one of America's fondest legends is that of Johnny Appleseed, a folk hero and a pioneer apple farmer, so he was real, in the 1800s. There was really a Johnny Appleseed, and his real name was John Chapman. He was born in Leminster in Massachusetts in 1774, so that was before um, America was even the United States. They were just colonies. Johnny Appleseed's dream was to produce so many apples that no one would ever go hungry. And although legend paints a picture of Johnny as a dreamy wanderer planting apple seeds throughout the countryside, research reveals him to be a careful, organized businessman who over a period of nearly 50 years bought and sold tracts of land and developed thousands of productive apple trees. His adventures began in 1792 when John was 18 years old. He and his 11-year-old brother, Nathaniel, headed west, following the steady stream of immigrants. In his early 20s, John began traveling alone, which is how he spent the rest of his life. Nathaniel stayed behind the farm with their father, who also immigrated west. John continued moving west to Pennsylvania. From there, he traveled into the Ohio Valley country and later Indiana. He kept ahead of the settlements and each year planted apple seeds farther west. He always carried a leather bag filled with apple seeds he collected for free from the cider mills. 
Legend says he was constantly planting them in open places in the forests, along the roadways and by the streams. However, research suggests he created numerous nurseries by carefully selecting the perfect planting spot, fencing it in with fallen trees and logs, bushes and vines, sowing the seeds and returning at regular intervals to repair the fence, tend the ground and sell the trees. He soon was known as the Appleseed Man and later he became known only as Johnny Appleseed. Over the years, his frequent visits to the settlements were looked forward to and no cabin door was ever closed to him. To the men and women, he was a news carrier. To the children, he was a friend. He was also very religious and preached to people along the way. His favorite book was his Bible. He made friends with many Native American tribes and was known to have learned many Native American languages well enough to converse. He lived on food provided by nature and he never killed animals. Though appearing poor, he was not a poor man. He accumulated more cash than he needed by selling his apple trees and tracts of land. He never used banks and relied instead on an elaborate system of burying his money, which I wouldn't suggest to our listeners. He preferred to barter and trade food or clothing rather than collect money for his trees. It was more important a settler plant a tree than pay him for it. Johnny Appleseed is described as a man of medium height, blue eyes, light brown hair, slender, wiry, and alert. Folklore has also described him as funny looking because of the way he dressed. It is said he traded apple trees for settlers cast off clothing. He was known to give the better clothing to people he felt needed it more than he. This could be why, legend says, he wore only coffee sacks with holes cut out for his arms as clothing. He rarely wore shoes, even during the cold of winter. It is said he could walk over the ice and snow barefooted and that the skin was so thick on his feet that even a rattlesnake could bite through it. Another legend says he wore a mush pot on his head as a hat. This is unlikely since pots of the time were made of heavy copper or iron, but it's more likely he wore someone else's cast-off hat or made his own out of cardboard. He rarely sought shelter in a house since he preferred to sleep on bare ground in the open forest with his feet to a small fire. And in 1842, Johnny made his last trip back to Ohio after spending 50 years walking throughout the countryside. While there, he moved into the home of Nathaniel, the half-brother with whom he began his remarkable journey. On March 18, 1845, he died of pneumonia at the age of 71. He was visiting his friend William Worth in Indiana. Indiana. Legend says it was the only time he was sick in his whole life. There are various theories as to his final resting place, 
Although there is a memorial stone in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the exact location of John Chapman's gravesite is unconfirmed. And that's our information about Johnny Appleseed. So Rita, he never came to Wisconsin, did he? He didn't. How do you suppose that we got all these apples? Yeah, I don't know, but I wanted to know because he buried all his money. I want to go around and try to dig up some money. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> but if you go, Lisa, I'll go with Excellent. you. Excellent. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey, Lisa, um, do you like to bake? I love to bake. Do you? And you said you like to eat baked apples. Yes. All right, or apples baked in some kind of pastry. Yes. And I think... I think all of us here in Wisconsin have a favorite apple recipe or, or two or three that we like to make and then, of course, eat. We can't can't just make it, That's right? That's right. I have a six-ingredient apple crisp that I thought I'd share, a re- recipe that I thought I'd share with you and our listeners. Are you interested? Sounds good, especially if you bake it for me, Rita, then it sounds I'll, better. I'll bake it for you. Sure, why not? One of these days. All right, this is an easy recipe. It has six ingredients. It only calls for two and a half cups of apples. They have to be peeled, cored, and sliced. That's the hardest part. You need one cup of sifted all-purpose flour, one cup of white sugar, a half teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and a quarter teaspoon of salt, along with a half cup of butter softened. Now, before you start, you know, they always tell you the first thing you have to do is preheat the oven. So you preheat it to 375 degrees. While it's preheating, you lightly grease an eight inch square baking dish. Then you take your apples that are sliced and you arrange the slices evenly around your prepared baking dish. After that, you take your flour, your sugar, cinnamon and salt and you sift it in a bowl now i don't have a sifter i did my mom did but i don't and so what we use is a sieve it's like a a strainer it's got a metal basket with like a net basket and you can put all those ingredients in there when i was little the, the flour used to come with lumps and everything and now you don't do it so much for the lumps. You su- you sift it so that it aerates all the ingredients and it kind of distributes the ingredients more evenly. Then you take your butter and you cut the butter into the dry ingredients. You can use a pastry blender, again, which I don't have because I don't bake much, or you can use two knives mixing it or cutting through it until the the mass of ingredients looks more like cornmeal. Then you sprinkle those ingredients over the apples. You bake it for 40 to 45 minutes. Cool it. I don't cool it too much. I don't usually like to wait that long. I wait until <laughs> I, I won't burn my mouth. But then it's still warm and I like to put, oh, I like to put a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it or a little bit of whipped cream. Oh, sounds scrumptious. Oh, I can almost smell it. I think I'm going to go make it when we hang up here. Now, the bad news is, well, the good news is it makes six servings. 
The bad news is that each serving has 365 <laughs> calories. And probably so, I'll eat two servings, maybe three. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's the problem with these apple recipes. But and that's another reason to only do them in the fall, right? When you can wear a lot of sweatpants. Pants <laughs> with the yes. elastic waist. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Lisa, I think it's probably time for us to say goodbye, at least for a little while. I am very grateful to you for spending your time with with me, especially, and with our listeners. And I hope you'll come back another time. Well, sure. Thanks for having me, Rita. This was fun. Here are some questions that go with the second segment of our podcast. We'll start with number five. What was Johnny Appleseed's real name? Number six. Was Johnny Appleseed a good, successful businessman or a dreamy, unsuccessful wanderer? Number seven. Did Johnny Appleseed prefer customers to pay for his trees with money or by planting his trees? Number eight, how many ingredients are necessary for Rita's apple crisp recipe? The answers to these questions and the questions from the first part of our podcast will be found at the end of our podcast. I'd like to mention a few events that happened during the month of November, starting with the 1800s. Why? Because we have to know our history in order to know what we want to repeat and what we don't want to repeat. All right, we'll start with the Erie Canal. The Erie Canal was formally opened in New York on November 4th, 1825. Why is that significant? Well, it's significant because it connected Lake Erie and the Great Lakes system to the Hudson River, which thereby gave the Western states direct access to the Atlantic Ocean. On November 6th, 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected as the 16th American president and the first Republican. He received 180 of 303 possible electoral votes and 40% of the popular vote. They were in the North. On November 19th in 1863, Abraham Lincoln gave his Gettysburg Address. The Gettysburg Address was just over 250 words long 
and is considered one of the greatest political speeches of all times. It starts with four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. On November 17th in 1869, the Suez Canal was opened. That is a man-made waterway connecting the Mediterranean Sea to the Indian Ocean via the Red Sea. It enabled a more direct route for shipping between Europe and Asia, effectively allowing for passage from the North Atlantic to the Indian Ocean without having to circumnavigate the African continent. On November 18th in 1903, the United States and Panama signed the treaty that provided for the Panama Canal, which linked the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans and provided a new route for international trade and military transport without having to go all the way around the southern tip of South America. The United States and Canada celebrate the end of World War I every year on November 11th. On November 11th in 1918, at 11 o'clock, after more than four years of horrific fighting and the loss of millions of lives, the guns on the Western Front fell silent. Between the World Wars, November 11th was commemorated as Armistice Day in the United States, Great Britain, and France. But after World War II, the holiday was recognized as a day of tribute to veterans of both wars. Beginning in 1954, the United States designated November 11th as Veterans Day to honor veterans of all U.S. wars. The British Commonwealth countries now call the holiday Remembrance Day. John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas on November 22, 1963, and Lyndon Baines Johnson, Kennedy's vice president, was almost immediately sworn in to replace him as president of the United States. On November 9th, 1989, the Berlin Wall was opened up after standing for 28 years as a symbol of the Cold Wall, excuse me, the Cold War. The 27.9 mile wall had been constructed in 1961. And lastly, the apartheid system in South Africa finally came to an end on November 1st, 1995 with the first all-race government elections. Apartheid, you'll remember, was a system of institutionalized racial segregation that existed in South Africa and Southwest Africa, which is now Namibia, and touched all aspects of life from 1948 until the early 1990s. 
I wish you all a wonderful November of 2020. Now I have just two more questions for you from the section on historical events in November. We'll start with number nine. What year was Abraham Lincoln elected president? Number 10. Who was the president of the United States after Kennedy was killed? Listen for the answers at the end of our podcast. Well, that's a wrap for another episode of Time Out with Rita. I hope you enjoyed yourself today. I hope you thought a little, laughed a little, and learned, well, more than a little. Oh, and by the way, why did the truck driver give Laura seven apples? Well, it's because an apple a day keeps the doctor away. The truck driver gave Laura an apple for each of the seven days that he was going to be traveling, hoping that the apples would keep the doctor, who also loved Laura, away from her. One other thing, I told Lisa that Johnny Appleseed had not been in Wisconsin, but legend has it that he had in fact traveled to Wisconsin. Sorry about that. Thank you to Lisa Fabian Albert for being with us. And thank you so much to you, our listeners, for spending your precious time with us. We hope you'll be with us next time. Peace, everyone. Oh, and stay tuned for the answers to today's 10 questions. Bye. Okay, here are the answers to our 10 questions from today's podcast. Number one, apple picking. Number two, volume. Number three, answer is B, apples keep us healthy. Number four, the answer is a child is similar to his mother, father, or parents in some way. Number five, John Chapman. Number six, Appleseed was a good, successful businessman, not a dreamy, unsuccessful wanderer. Number seven, Johnny Appleseed preferred that his customers planted trees rather than paid him. Number eight, there are six ingredients in the apple crisp recipe. Number nine, Lincoln was elected in 1860. And number 10, Lyndon Baines Johnson became president when John F. Kennedy was killed. I hope you did well.
Bye for now. Time Out with Rita is brought to you by Act Two Educational Consultants, a consortium of professionals from across the USA offering their skills, experience, and expertise to help you reach your teaching and learning goals.